what the guys did that set that those records, uh, you know, Mike Thomas, uh, Randy Moss for the touchdowns, um, what Calvin Johnson did with the yards, for those, what those guys did in 16 games, um, you know, it wouldn't seem right to, I don't know, to, for those to be broken um, in 17 games, it just doesn't, it, it wouldn't hold the same weight to me as it, as it does for guys that have done that in a 16 game season. We kind of have to separate the two. You know, we're in a new, a new age of football here where we're playing 17 games a year. Um, a lot of the stuff that had happened before that, I think those, those records hold a different weight. Cooper Cup saying all the right things as he closes in on the single season reception record and the single season receiving yard record. He needs 11 catches to match Michael Thomas from 2019 and 135 yards to match Calvin Johnson from 2012. And okay, I, that's magnanimous and proper and appropriate, but that Rams receiver should have a conversation with a former Rams running back who was unrepentant in 1984 when he rushed for 21 105 yards and broke OJ Simpson's single season record, even though Simpson did it with 14 games. Right. Eric Dickerson did it with 16 games. Nobody and was asking for that the then. And, you know, maybe it's because there was no internet. Al Gore yeah. hadn't gotten around to inventing it yet, and talk radio wasn't what it now <laughs> is. But, but, but no, seriously, no one said boo. Nothing. And it was two extra games. Right. And no one ever said, well, you know, we need to, we need to. Uh, we need to apply an asterisk no. here to these records. Yeah. No, it's just, and and that's how I look at it. It doesn't matter what anyone did in a 16-game season because there will never be a 16-game season ever again. It's now 17. The rubber band is stretched. Right. And 17 is a stopover to 18, I believe. So, hey, if you set the record, you set the record. And Cooper Cup, I, I, I like the fact that he took the high road instead of just saying, yeah. hey, records are meant to be broken, and they decided to make the season longer, and if records are going to fall with that one extra game, nothing I can do about it. What am I supposed to do, not play on Sunday? Um, but but uh, I see what he's saying, but I disagree with him. Yeah, The season is now 17 games long, so all the records will be adjusted accordingly once someone is able to surpass what someone did in 16 games. Yeah, nobody was like – I don't remember one person. I mean, I was, you know – teenager like the biggest football fan in the world I don't remember anybody going like man Dan Marino is going to break the all-time passing record this isn't really fair to Fran Tarkenton this isn't fair he didn't play 16 game seasons no it's just the way it is this is the NFL it's a team sport individual stuff is not sacred like baseball it's not baseball where yeah the individual can clearly show themselves so that's yes it's it's it, it's I don't look at it the same way and I'm with you on that one you know, this is the way the league is. There's been a million uh, records broken because of this already. We're not going to stop now because we added another game. That makes absolutely no sense. And, you know, Cooper Cup's amazing. And you're right. It's nice that he said that. He's given respect to the old players. Uh, I wonder if he really, truly feels that in his heart, though. You make, a, you make a good point, though. In addition to the fact that the individual regular season is two games longer, the careers involve more games. So, you know, for example, Dan Marino yeah. over a seven-year span played an entire extra season right. than, than Fran Tarkin did. It took Fran Tarkin eight years to play the number of games that Dan Marino played in seven years, which is going to create a difference as well, in addition to the rule changes and whatnot. But I'm just talking about gross number of games in yeah. a season. 
but but that's what it now is. And again, Cooper, whatever records you set this year, if you set the records, somebody else is going to break them when there's 18 games. And uh, who knows how many they'll wedge into the schedule beyond 18. The ultimate absolute maximum would be 20 if they would get rid of the preseason. I can't imagine that ever happening. But I also can't imagine there not being at least one person in a position of power saying, maybe we should just have 20 regular season games and get rid of the preseason all together. Maybe we should get rid of the voting system altogether as it relates to the awards, because the current system has serious flaws. I'll talk more about my opinions on that in a moment. For now, let's hear from Hub Arkish, one of the 50 voters on the various AP official NFL postseason awards, including MVP, on Hub Arkish's position that he will not vote this year for Aaron Rodgers for Most Valuable Player. Do you have an MVP vote this year, Hub? I do. Yeah, I'm one of the AP. There's 50 of us who vote, and I am one of us. And are you? did you reveal that you're not voting for Aaron Rodgers? Is that correct? I did, yeah. I mean, I've been pretty consistent about that all year. Um, I don't think you can be the biggest jerk in the league and punish your, your team and your organization and your fan base the way he did and be the most valuable player. It, it, has he been the most valuable on the field? Yeah, you could make that argument, but I don't think he is clearly that much more valuable than, than Jonathan Taylor or uh, or Cooper Cup or, or maybe even Tom Brady. And, and so from where I sit, the rest of it is why he's not going to be my choice. Do I think he's going to win it? Probably. You know, the, the, a lot of the voters don't don't approach it the same way that I do. Others do who I've spoken to. Um, but one of the, the, the ways we get to keep being voters is we're not allowed to say who we are voting for until after the award has been announced. I'm probably pushing the envelope by saying who I'm not voting for. Um, but we're, we're not really supposed to reveal our votes. Are they supposed to? Are off-field things like vaccination status supposed to factor in, or are there no guidelines for that? There's no guidelines. Uh, you know, we are told to pick the guy who we think is the most valuable to his team. And, and um, you know, I, I don't think it says anywhere, you know, strictly on the field. Uh, although I do think he hurt his team on the field, uh, you know, by, by the way he acted off the field. Uh, you know, I mean, they're going to get the number one seed anyway, but what if the difference had come down to uh, to the Chiefs game, you know, where he lied about being vaccinated and, and, and you know, ended up not playing and they got beat. So uh, I think all these things should be considerations. That's the way I look at it. He ruined the entire offseason for that football team. They were left in jeopardy. They had no idea what they were doing. Um, uh, a, a lot of the off the field stuff was wasted because he wasn't there. He tortured his fan base um, uh, and he's and he's getting ready. He's already started doing it again. Oh, he, so, you know, so, he, it, so he couldn't have won the MVP before the season for you. For me, no. Yeah, no. I, I just think that that the way he's carried himself is inappropriate, and and, and you know the, the 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 vaccine thing just was one more, you know, log on the fire, so to speak. I I think he's a bad guy, you know, and I don't think a bad guy can be the most valuable valuable guy at the same time. I hate that Hub Arkish is forcing me to do this, but I'm going to do it. Look, I, he is the MVP, and it's wrong. And I don't care whether it's Aaron Rodgers or anybody else. It's wrong to allow your personal opinions infect your assessment of a player's value to the football team on the field. It's just flat out wrong. And they should remove his vote. He hasn't voted yet. They don't vote until next week. The AP right now should remove his vote. He should not be voting. He has admitted. Not, there are plenty of others who shouldn't be voting. And there are plenty of others who probably think what Hub Arkish said out loud. He made the mistake of saying it out loud. He should not 
have a vote. He should not be voting for MVP. We now know that there's no way Aaron Rodgers is going to be the unanimous MVP. At best, it's going to be 49 to 1, although I do think there are others who probably feel the way Hub Arkish does and who won't vote for Aaron Rodgers. But look, I, my, my position was if this keeps the Packers from being the one seed in the NFC because he missed the one game that they lost to the Chiefs, it, it takes care of itself in the wash. Because then the Buccaneers are the one seed, for example, and Tom Brady's the MVP. For me, and I'm, I've been consistent all year, Chris, quarterback of the one seed yeah, you in have. each conference, one of those guys is going to be the MVP, and it's going to be Aaron Rodgers. And if Brady and the Buccaneers were the one seed in the NFC, it would be Tom Brady. If it was the Bengals in the AFC, boy, there'd be a hell of a competition between Joe Burrow and Aaron Rodgers for MVP. And then you could have a reasonable debate on who's the most valuable to his team. Right. But Aaron Rodgers ultimately didn't cost his team anything. He did something he shouldn't have done. He missed a game that he shouldn't have missed, but he didn't cost his team anything because they still were the one seed. If they hadn't been the one seed, then the punishment is baked into the outcome. You can't say, well, he almost did, but he didn't. He didn't. And this crap about the offseason, look, anybody that doesn't like the way he conducted himself in the offseason, use your platforms to say, I don't like what he, what he did to conduct himself. That's where the punishment comes from. People calling him out and saying he's being a big jerk. I think he can be a big jerk. I think he can, he can be a guy who wants all the attention. And I think a lot of this stuff that's gone on over the course of the last year is about him just wanting to be the center of attention and the subject of what everyone's talking about. But I would never say I'm not going to make him the MVP because of it. That's asinine, Chris. I'm shocked. I mean, shocked. I mean, absolutely, Hub Arcus should have no vote in this. None. It should be taken away. The stance is stupid. I'm sorry. There's been a lot worse people to win the MVP award in the NFL, in the history of the NFL. And I'm not going to name names, but there's been name a lot names. worse people. I mean, a oh, lot. Come on. I mean, come on. Come what on. they've done in their real life. We, we, like, so that, that first take is so stupid. Just because you don't believe in a stance he made. That is horrible, Hub. I'm sorry. Vote should be taken away without a doubt. Okay. You can make – all right. You, I, I want to go through these. You can – you know, he's been the most valuable. Yeah, you can make the argument that he's been the most valuable. Yeah, no, you, you definitely can. He's the most valuable to this football team. I mean, he's had a phenomenal year. He has. And to go into that, I mean, do you think the players on the team, on his own team, don't think he's the absolute man and think he's the like like the greatest thing they've ever seen? You know? So just because of what he did in the offseason had no effect on the play or the players on the field. This is about what you do on the field. And to get into the offseason stuff, listen, I don't like what Aaron Rodgers did with the vaccine stuff. I don't like all the stuff he's done. Has he turned me off, you know, to a degree over the last years? Yes. I, I'm not going to lie. But it, our, the job is to evaluate what's being done on the field. I mean, that's absolutely ridiculous. And, you know, the the offseason problems that Hub's talking about, you could easily make the case that was Green Bay and the organization's fault. You can't even sit here and definitely, definitively just go, oh, that was Rodgers and his fault. No, you and I know both enough facts about the situation behind the scenes that Green Bay is every bit at fault for that situation as much as Aaron Rodgers, if not more. So that's where I just look at it and just think it's absolutely ridiculous. You don't go there. And the vaccine thing, the NFL knew about it. You know, that's their fault for not. I don't like that he lied, but still that has nothing to do with the play on the football field. That absolutely does not. He's the MVP of football. Hub Arcus should not, should not 
have a vote for this anymore. That, that, that should be taken away from him for the rest of his life because he has shown that he's not capable of getting bias or personal feelings out of a situation to vote what the award was intended for, which are players on the field, play on the field. And I think he's totally off base and really unprofessional and really a stupid take and comment by him. I got no other way to say it. He has been uh, drawing plenty of criticism from people inside the NFL community, and, and rightfully so. And there are problems. There are flaws with the AP voting process. Yes. And I know that me saying that will probably further ensure that I'll never have one of the votes. And as much as I can truthfully say I don't want a Hall of Fame vote, I do want an AP vote. And I think that it is, frankly, a travesty that I don't have one yet. And this is one of the rare occasions when I will let the facade down and tell you what I really believe about myself. I don't know what else I need to do to show that I know the sport, I cover the sport, I live the sport, I breathe the sport, I eat the sport, I poop the sport. I should have one of the 50 votes. And I'll take Hob Arkish's if they take it. I'll gladly take it. But when I see the list from time to time of the 50 people, there have been occasions, Chris, where and I, there is no one out there that can say they follow the sport more closely than I do. Right. Maybe they follow it as closely. I guarantee you there is no one who can say that they follow it more closely than I do every day of the year for 20 years. I've seen names on that list before where my reaction was, who the hell is that person? Yeah, right. Who Who is that? I've never heard of this person before. Right. How could someone that the one person who follows the NFL as closely as anyone, and there may be others who follow it as closely, but I'm in a tie for first, however many others are in there, how could someone that I've never heard of have one of the votes? And I'll see other names on there, people I know, people I'm acquainted with, people who may not be fully employed to cover an NFL team or, or underemployed or maybe just cover one team when there's 32 of them out there. There's a lot of people. And when you only have 50 names who have those votes, it makes it even more critical that you get the right 50. If you're not going to have the right 50, expand the pool to 100. Expand the pool to 200. And when you have biases like this creeping in, you need more votes to dilute the opinions of the people who are going to cast their ballots for the wrong reason. So there's a lot of flaws with the AP 100%. system. No guidelines. No guidelines is another one. There are no guidelines. Yeah. Comeback player of the year. Nobody knows what that even means. MVP. Is it to the team? Is it to the league? Hub Arkish said at one point it's most valuable to his team. I don't even think they give you that distinction. Most I, valuable I, to the league. Most valuable to the team. Most valuable to this. I know, but they don't tell you. You just cast the vote. But, but, but you definitely don't cast the vote based upon the fact that you think the guy's a jerk. Yeah. That should not be one of your, one of your no. factors. no. And I mean, most valuable is team. I, I mean, Hub. I want to go. I don't know what the hell you're not. You're looking at man. You should maybe have your vote taken away because you're not. You don't even, Maybe your eyes don't work. You might not be even. Are you watching football? I mean, what? I mean, yes, he missed a game that could have cost him because of the vaccine thing. Also, though, within that game, we saw how valuable he was. I mean, their offense hasn't really been stopped all year. That game, they couldn't move the ball. They couldn't do anything. They're as, as dependent on their quarterback as any organization I've ever seen in my football life. That's why I always say Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback I've ever seen. I mean, it's if, if him and Devontae Adams don't pull them through, they can't win games. I mean, yeah, it's a good defense. It's not great. It's a good running game. It's not great. There's nothing. It's Rodgers, Devontae Adams. It's, it's all about that. It's absolutely nonsense that he has gone this route with this conversation. 
totally off base. And yeah, I have issues with that too, Mike. I do. Great, great power that goes into this. You know, the great power for 50 media people to be able to basically, you know, dictate the go- people's future lives. Really, that's what this is too. Because once you're an NL- NFL MVP, I mean, you're going to be able to sign autographs and get money for the rest of your life. It's unbelievable that some of these people that you're right, that I don't feel like are qualified, have the power to make this vote. And I know there's a lot that are qualified. I'm certainly not. But, you know, again, I, I what goes into these qualifications? I can read and write. I don't get to vote on the Writers Hall of Fame. In fact, I bet you I can read and write better than a lot of these guys know football, but they get to vote on football. I don't understand that. Doesn't make sense to me. And I know I sound like a and- jerk a little bit. But I don't That's like okay. what he said, it's, and it it's really good bothers it's, me. It's good that it's not just me for a change. There's, there's two points I want to make. One, when you have this vote, it's not just the MVP vote. He has a vote on every AP award yeah. that comes out. And right. we'll see the all-pro team, which is critical to incentives in contracts. I mean, once you admit that you are allowing improper factors to poison your assessment – of who gets what award, we have to assume that improper factors will poison other votes and not just MVP. Is he going to give somebody that he likes an MVP vote over somebody that he doesn't like? Or not MVP, but I mean an all-pro vote. Is he going to make his decisions based upon an assessment of who the best players are or who are the players that he likes the most? It's all of the other awards too. Coach of the Year, Comeback Player of the Year, Offensive Player of the Year, Defensive Player of the Year, Offensive Rookie of the Year, Defensive Rookie of the Year. And the other point too is this, Chris. Ten years or so ago, the NFL decided to make these AP awards basically the official NFL awards that are handed out at the postseason honors event that's now televised. This year it's going to be televised on Thursday night in advance of the Super Bowl. So at some level, the league has an interest in making sure that the AP's process yes. is better. Right. And, and at some point, the league has to say, and, na- and the league's on notice now, that there is a corrupt mindset for one of the 50 voters. 2% of the entire voting block has admitted that he's not going to cast a ballot for the proper MVP for reasons unrelated to his performance on the field. The NFL should be calling the AP today. They should be getting Barry Wilner on the phone and saying, what the, what, the hell is, what, what the hell is going on here? Yeah. Wait a minute. You want us to attach the shield to these awards and people like this are going to have a vote? It'll be interesting to see what the AP does. And I know that me saying these things is not going to make it any more likely that I get one of the votes that I think I deserve, but I don't care. Because it just shows you, it just shows you that there's a problem with the system. Because I frankly believe that one of the reasons I don't have a vote is I've been outspoken about the AP in the past, whether it's the awards, whether it's other things. And so, you know, you're not going to give the guy a vote that they think is a jerk. For the- So now we know why Hub Arkish has a vote. They're not handing out the votes based on merit. And so you get voters who make their votes based on things other than merit. So I guess I've answered my own question. Yeah. I, I, don't, I don't expect the invitation to join the panel anytime soon, if ever. Well, no, I'm, well, that's why I love you, man. You just you, you keep it real there. You do. And you should have a vote. I mean, there, there's no doubt about it. Uh, but, but, again, I, yes, this is dangerous territory here to me. I mean, again, this is about what you do on the field, not about whether you personally like it or not. And then to argue, you know, you know, again, Jonathan Taylor, Cooper Cup, great years. Oh, but now we're going to talk like the quarterback's not important. Oh, okay. For a guy that, again, you know, is going to bring a team, you know, to a 14-3 and record. 
and has the ball in his hands way more than a Jonathan Taylor or a Cooper Cup and is playing like one of the most efficient seasons at the quarterback position we've ever seen in the history of the sport. And, you know, the run he's gone on since after the first game is unreal. I don't like a lot of the things he did this year. It means nothing. You have to be able to block that out in this process. And again, like I've said, we can go through the, the history of some of these award winners and I could go, really? You think he's a worse guy than this guy or that guy? Just because why? And then a lot of these things like the public doesn't know. So that's where it's, 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 it's really off base and really unprofessional. And um, I, hope his award, I hope his vote gets taken away. I really do. When we return, our After Further Review segment for Week 17, including some thoughts from one of the most powerful owners in football about the prospect Ooh. of full-time officials. We'll discuss that next on PFT Live. Hey, hey, hey! Pass interference. Defense number 40. The ball will be placed at slot and foul. Automatic first down. That's Sean Smith. I, I don't know that they really appreciate that at 345 Park Avenue. That was I good. think it's great. <laughs> I think it's great. You know, I was watching an old game recently, and Ed Hockley was on the screen. It's like, I miss that guy. Me too. I, now, now, people hated the fact that he was so verbose in his explanations. I loved it because he was different, but I don't think 345 Park Avenue is looking for different when it comes to its officials. It wants them all to act the same and sound the same. And uh, I, I don't. I like that. I, I like that a lot. I hadn't seen that. That was awesome. Yeah, I kind of remember. I, I kind of remember it. Uh, but yeah, that, that is cool. Showing a little bit of the personal side. I love when the referees misspeak or say something the wrong way. You know, John Perry had a few moments like that on the field. Where he, I remember, like he did that. He kind of like laughed it off, made fun of himself. Hey, they're humans. There's no doubt about it. They're trying their best. Um, I wish they were full time, but. Uh, that that's a discussion that maybe we'll have here after we watch some of these plays today. As Pete reminded me, or before as the case may be, as Pete reminded me, the Ben Dreith all-time classic, he's given him the business down there. Yeah, yeah. That's because a, an official went <laughs> off much. script and did yeah. not stick to one of the approved penalty calls that we expect them, them the to business. recite like a doll with a pull string. All right, Jerry Jones, there's no pull string on him. You never know what he's going to say. Here he is from 105.3 The Fan on Tuesday as to why NFL officials are not full-time employees across the board. Uh, there's nothing that says a full-time official will do better than the part-time officials. The quality of the people that you get with part-time officials are outstanding. They're outstanding. These are some of the most accomplished people in professions or, or if you will, in the country there are. And so uh, I've never been convinced, me personally, uh, that a, uh, a part-time uh, official that's uh, spending some of his time engineering would be better than a full-time official. I think nothing has convinced me that uh, there'd be that kind of advantage. Matter of fact, you might have less quality. Now, well, you might, here's, here's why you'd have less quality. Yeah. You'd have less quality because you don't want to pay what it would take to get the person who's doing two jobs to give up the other job and go all in as an NFL official. That's why there would be less quality, because they are cheap. This is all flowing from the perspective that Jerry Jones, when it comes to paying officials or paying anyone else, is cheap. 
And all the other owners, when it comes to this, I'm sorry, I'm pissing a lot of people off today, but I don't care. They're cheap. That's what this all flows from. This flows from being cheap. Because if someone has two jobs, we can get them to do our job for less money than it would take if this was their only job. And you can't tell me that having 365 day a year access to an individual who is all in with this profession, who is following an NFL-approved diet, NFL-approved workouts, full and complete and exhaustive meetings and breakdowns of film and simulations in the offseason, right. playing Madden if all else fails. Going to practices, Sim- going reality. to OTAs, going, going exactly. to training camp. Yes. You're on the payroll right? all year long. And, and look, as somebody who used to work two full-time jobs, hey, once I got on one horse and stayed on one horse, I got better. Not much, but I still got better. Because I didn't have to worry about the other job. Yeah. Anytime. It's just more stuff for you to worry about. So, yes, full-time officials would be better. But, see, their concern is dollar for dollar, it's not going to be better. Right. Dollar for dollar, it's going to be a net loss for them because they're going to be paying a lot more for a little incremental uptick in the accuracy of the calls. They're gonna... And remember this. Remember this. Remember this. For every team that gets screwed by a bad call – there's a team that benefits from a good call, and there's this weird justification that they ultimately have, oh, we got screwed today, well, maybe the next time we'll be the ones who get the benefit of the bad call. That's how they kind of live with it. They accept that it happens, and they wait for the time that it happens, and it helps them. Yeah, well, the, you know, first off, like, you know, you, you get full-time officials, you give the consumers confidence, which is going to bet more. And they're going to get your NFL. You're going to get more money. You're going to get more money. Yeah, you're going to have to pay a little bit more for officials. But ultimately, you're going to end up making more money because everybody's going to be. I mean, again, I look at the comments this week with some of the plays, you know, whether it's the Jets game or other games. Oh, the fix is in. They want Brady, blah, blah. There's It's every week this goes on because there's questionable calls. Like, absolute ridiculous comment by Jerry Jones. Ridiculous. Jerry, go be a part-time owner of the Cowboys. Tell me how it works out. In fact, let's have Dak be a part-time quarterback and see how that works too. Let him go out and hang out and do whatever he wants, and then on the weekends he'll come and play the game. I mean, what a bad comment. I mean, that's just that, that has no logic at all. Full-time officials, like you said, is only going to help the sport. They're going to be around it more. They're going to get coached by it more. They're not going to be so, like – you know, amazed and, and caught up in the game and the actions of the moments at times where they're like, whoa, this guy's big and fast. Oh, wait, I was supposed to – that was – I don't know if that was holding or not. I was watching I was watching Aaron Rodgers throw a laser. I, I missed that because he was awesome. They're going to be less, like, uh, caught up by all of that and understand the speed of the game, the feel of the game. They're going to have conversations with coaches a little bit, what to look for. The game would only get better. It comes down to dollars. I'm glad you went that way because that's what I was going to say and uh, – I. I actually can't even believe that came out of Jerry Jones's mouth. Everybody else connected to the sport is full-time. They're all in. The coaches are all in. The players are all in. It's a 12-month-of-the-year job for everybody else. It's not even a, a 100% focal point job for the officials during the season because they go home to take care of whatever their other business is. And, yes, they spend less time on it during football season, and they make up the difference the other eight months. It shouldn't be that way. One job. This sport is too important. There's too much money involved. The integrity, not just of the games, but the integrity of the wagers on the games requires that the NFL do everything in its power to create the impression that it is trying to get every call right. Right. Because right. that's one of the justifications out here. Well, there's still going to be mistakes. Right. 
But no one's going to say the mistakes are happening because the officials aren't full-time. You take that off the table by making them full-time. And it's just, hey, you know, we had some mistakes. And then you look for other ways to improve the officiating so you don't have mistakes. Look, the same mechanism, and, and this isn't the same person, but it's the same power structure that is saying that the part-time officials are every bit as good as full-time officials. That's the same crap we heard 10 years ago yeah. when the commissioner right. said repeatedly when they were in a lockout with the regular officials because they didn't want to surrender too much of the great Mamu to the folks who were earning that money, the replacement officials that we hire will be every bit as good as the regular officials. And yeah. what did we learn? Right. What did we learn? There's a, I got to, hey, playmakers, coming out March 15, I got a whole chapter on the replacement official debacle. And I got debacle. some new reporting. I got some new reporting about people in the league office who were petrified about what was going to happen. And they were amazed that it didn't implode before the Monday night game between the Seahawks and the Packers with the fail Mary call. And what happened after fail Mary? They snapped, they broke, they cried uncle. They had the thing done by Thursday night when Gene Steratore got to have what was described to me as his Maximus moment in that Browns-Ravens game where he, you know, the, the real officials are back, baby. I mean, so it was BS 10 years ago when they tried to get us to believe that replacement officials would be as good as the regular officials. It's BS now, yeah. frankly, for Jerry Jones to have us think that part-time officials would do every bit as well as full-time officials. That's crap. It's all driven by money. And, and all these guys who are worried about pinching pennies have super yachts. And they're worried about pinching pennies and sacrificing the integrity of the game. This gets back to what I said the other day, Chris. Yeah. Look. I got lured into the sport by the mythology that was created by NFL films, that this, that this venture is somehow bigger than life, and it's committed to doing the right thing and truth and justice in the American way. And all those kids that got indoctrinated have grown up, and they're saying, my God, my God, there, there, there is dysfunction, and there is corruption, and there is avarice, and there is greed, and all these things about integrity of the shield are just words on a piece of paper. And for so many of these people, they don't have true meaning. And that part of it, to me, is sad. Uh, and, and this is a prime example of it. If they truly cared about the sport, if they truly cared about the teams, if they cared about the players, if they cared about the fans, if they cared about the gamblers, they would be doing everything they could to have a full staff of full-time officials. Agreed. Uh, I mean, well said. I mean, 100%. You know, I just it's, to me, where the sport has to go. It has to go there. It does. Like you said, it's become too big, too powerful in the country. It's affecting too many people's lives, whether it's the coaches, the players, people in the front office, or the people gambling. It's a This is an American issue. You know? So that's where I just I don't buy it. And, uh, yeah, they, they need to go full-time and, and pony up. Just take five feet off the yacht, and that'll pay for all the people. <laughs> or, or add some more junky stands to your stadium like Daniel Snyder, and that'll pay for it. No hey, problem. Hey, listen, so, so I, I've heard some of the numbers of what it costs just to have the yacht Park. maintained yeah. weekly. Right, no, right. the staff, the full-time, not part-time, the full-time staff on your yacht. I mean, if you can have full-time employees on your yacht, but part-time officials, that's maybe a sign that you got your priorities a little bit out of whack, a little bit. Jerry. Uh, let's go ahead and take a break. We'll do after further review on the other side. We'll be back with more PFT Live right after this. 
think the results said that, you know, we're still a good team. Uh, even though we was facing two teams tonight, um, you know, the results ain't come out like we wanted it to. Who are the two teams you were facing? <laughs> uh, I mean, I'm going to let the NFL handle it. Uh, I know, you know, it's a possibility we see both of these teams uh, in the playoffs. So, uh, you know, I'm just, you know, hopefully the NFL can sit down uh, with their team, uh, review the film, uh, learn from their mistakes, and get better from it. Yeah, I seen the clock hit double zeros, and I jumped off the ball, and they called a false start on me. I seen that. I seen that I caused a fumble on the sideline, but since we ain't had no more timeouts, the NFL don't want to review it upstairs. So I seen a lot tonight. Well, Man, uh, the Cowboys are uh, a lot of complaining coming out of there this week. Wow. Well, well hey, hey, don't, don't you got to save one of your timeouts? Yeah, you never know rules. when you need to Demarcus, use. There's yeah. rules in the yeah. NFL. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll yeah. just break the rules because you're the Cowboys, <laughs> and we'll just well, yeah. it was a fumble because you're America's yeah. team. What? Yeah. First off, I watched yeah. that game thoroughly yesterday. You know, the Cowboys are egregious with their penalties. They did not get screwed over. They got screwed over on the the, the fumble call. Yeah, it should have been a fumble. You know, yes. But, I mean, what what do they want? They, they, they hold egregiously in the run game all the time. Every penalty I saw got called. I went, whoa. If you asked me who got screwed over more in that game and you just went penalty for penalty, I'd go – the Cardinals got some really bad calls. I mean, some really bad calls against them. You know, that's that's ridiculous. Don't play so much man-to-man, Dallas. You won't have pass interference every other time a team drops back to pass. You know, it, it, it's on them. That's ridiculous. And double zero on the clock doesn't mean that they have a stopwatch and hit it and go throw a flag. Come on, we see that every week. We know that. So let's check one of those plays out. Yeah, here's Demarcus Lawrence when he was called for being offside on third and five. This is one of the things he was complaining about. The play clock hits zero, so he takes off. That that it's not it's not a countdown. It's not to lift off of a rocket. They still have to snap the ball. It's not licensed to go. Now, what we will see sometimes is a guy gets a jump that is so good and is timed so perfectly, it looks like he's offside because nobody else moved. I'm not sure that this is one of those. If he's saying he went because he saw the clock hit zero. Well, he's not looking at a we clock know, there. We, we know that, boy, that's close to being just a perfect jump. But we we know that, that, that sometimes you can be too perfect with your jump. And if you're moving before everyone else, you're going to get that flag. Yeah, and, and really, at the end of the day, he was offsides. I watched this play yesterday. I could kind of see it right there. He was offsides. You're right. It was almost perfect. But the clock doesn't mean anything. First off, the referee has to look at the clock, see double zero, and then look down at the ball to see if they're in the process of the snap. So you have, there's an extra grace period, as we've explained a million times. This goes on. Of indeterminate length. Right, right. It goes right. So it could be an extra second, an extra half a second. Some referees are a little quicker with that whistle. Some let a little bit more of a, a leeway for the quarterback and the offense there. But, you know, just because it went to double zero doesn't mean you just get to, like, it's a track meet and you get to go, okay, no, that ball had to be snapped right then. No, you obviously a you know, misunderstanding of the rules there. All right, here's uh, the other play that Lawrence was complaining about, the fumble by the Cardinals that was missed by the officials, but the Cowboys couldn't challenge it because it happened before the two-minute warning in the second half and they didn't have a timeout. 
and they complained about the clock here too because it went to zero and the snap came afterwards. So that's part of the, the beef that the Cowboys have. The ball was out, recovered by the Cowboys. The official standing right there looking at it. This is why we need Sky Judge for all purposes. The official standing there looking right at it missed the fumble. Missed the fumble. So, uh, you know, this comes down to the fact that there's a mechanism in place to review these, but the way the NFL set up the mechanism, it doesn't allow for an automatic review. Chris, I've said, I've said for a long time that it shouldn't just be turnovers that are automatically reviewed. It should be plays that if the ruling on the field was correct are a turnover. Those should automatically be reviewed as well. I don't understand the distinction, just like with touchdowns. If it's a touchdown, it's automatically reviewed. Well, if it would have been a touchdown, if it wasn't ruled incorrectly on the field, why isn't that automatically reviewed too? That's something I'm surprised they haven't fixed. And maybe this will be the impetus to fix it because that should have been automatically reviewed. If they had called fumble and he hadn't fumbled, it would have been automatically reviewed. He did fumble and they called no fumble. That should be subject to automatic review too. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I I get you there. I, I mean, you're right. They could probably clean up the game that way, you know, and, and make it more clean. But I mean, the rules are what they are right now, you know. And, and yeah, it's unfortunate. It's football. It's a tough break. Yeah, the the, the ref missed the call there. It's it's a hard one. The guy's an inch from the ground with somebody on his back. You don't see the ball come out clearly if you're in the, where the ref is standing there. It's it's tough. You're right. Sky Judge could have helped out. You know, so I, I, I again, I, I feel bad for the Cowboys that they got kind of screwed over there. But, you know, I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, we know the rules of the sport. You got no timeouts. It's just part of it. And maybe the NFL can rectify some way to get all these right. I know that. But there is going to be some human error at times. And, you know, again, the, hey, the big story there and why they didn't have a call timeout. Yes, they used it to stop the clock. But the really the thing is there was a fourth down. And the Cardinals had the ball inside the, what, 10-yard line, right? And they didn't send out the field goal unit for a second. And Dallas sent out the field goal block unit for some reason and then realized, wait, the Cardinals' offense is still on the field. And then they had to call a timeout. So, you know, really it was their own mistake that came back to bite them in their butt a little bit here. Here's the offense. I don't know. The defensive players just figured, oh, they're going to kick a field goal. But the Cardinals were smart. They must have realized. Look at the coverage on the left side. Yeah. Look at the coverage on the left side. Now, they did this specifically to induce a timeout by the Cowboys. Right. But maybe they should have had a plan B where if they don't cover anybody on the left side, we take the snap and we throw the touchdown. Yes. Right. You might have a code word, you know, whatever it may be. NASCAR, NASCAR, NASCAR. That means, like, get up, run this play. We know it. And then you just throw the ball to the guy. Yeah. You know, that's what Rodgers. Although with the Cardinals. With the Cardinals, you always have to worry that the guy may not be ready for the ball to come his way. But we've seen we've we've, we've seen that happen before. <laughs> we have, we definitely have. But uh, again, that's, that that is tough. I do feel for the Cowboys in that one. Um, but man, Cowboys, you know, talking about the refs a lot after this game, a lot. I mean, I understand that call right there. The rest of them, I don't understand. I don't. You know, that's just part of the game, part of the sport, and they have to stop committing penalties. It, it's on them. Hey, and I think at this time of year, we talked about it earlier in the week as it relates to Andy Reid, the idea that that during a given game, you work the officials by complaining about calls that go against you in the hope that you get calls for you. If you make a big enough stink after a game at this juncture of the season, 
Maybe you hope that in a playoff game, the crew remembers, oh, yeah, Andy Reid was talking about bad calls. and Jerry Jones is talking about this. Demarcus Lawrence is talking about that. Maybe you you put the Jedi mind trick on the crew that you're going to have for your playoff game, and maybe that's the game where the calls go your way. Because, again, for every bad call, there's a good call, or at least a fortuitous call. Here's a call that uh, may have not been a good call. No false start called on Jackson Carmen, the Bengals yeah. left guard on a key third and one with two minutes and 10 seconds left to go. Critical moment of the game down at the goal line. You see him move. You see him move. And they didn't call it. You see the gesticulations of the Chiefs players. We see that from time to time when a guy fl- oh, oh, he flinched. He flinched just like shaky the moil. He flinched and uh, they should have called it. But you know what? Sometimes they don't see it. I know. Yeah. I, I mean, a huge play in the game. I get it. You know, but this is to me where, like, I don't, this is this is never going to get fixed. Like, there's nothing you can do here. It's just part of the game. You know, you know, I love that Days of Thunder quote, rubbing his racing. You know, the referees are looking at a lot of stuff there. You know, they, they didn't see his big butt flinch. Uh, they didn't see it. <laughs> he did a great job of playing it off by looking to his right and acting like it was kind of the snap thing there, too. I mean, that was a great job by him. Yeah. Big moment. But again, I, you know, again, the game is not perfect. It was never meant to be perfect. We know that. We're going to do the best we can. Play like that. That got missed, certainly. You know, the big question is if, you know, to, well, I won't even get into that, you know, because there's some game management stuff that we certainly could talk about there after that play. But uh, I don't know. Again, that that's part of the story. I'll tell you, it's funny. I had a flashback, and, and this goes back to our story from a couple of weeks ago about Urban Meyer kicking his kicker. And I, I think I remember sharing that when I was a kid and played grade school football that, you know, if you were standing around, you got kicked in the butt. I, I had a flashback to a time when I used to play left tackle. I was, I was, I was Husky as, as we said, back in the, in the seventies. Um, and I, and I was doing this thing where I was rocking in my stance and I got kicked in the ass for rocking in my stance. Cause you're going to get flagged during a game. Well, maybe not. Maybe I'll be playing left guard for the Bengals someday <laughs> and I can rock in my stance and move my big ass and they won't throw a flag. Uh, <laughs> uh, all right, here we go. Matt Ryan involved in a little mini controversy. He gets uh, a touchdown that is rushing overturned, and he also gets called for taunting. And and here's something to remember for a quarterback. You give yourself up not just by the slide. You give yourself up by falling forward. Even then, you're down. You're down. And anybody, if you – I don't know these – I don't – I see, I maybe I got to do some more rule book study here. To me, this doesn't look like giving yourself up I, when you're falling is, forward. This is the that weird, doesn't look yeah. like giving yourself up to me. That, that to me, I is know. not giving yourself up. That's just falling down and avoiding contact. Yeah, but that's the way they call it. I mean, we've seen this all year long. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're right. He's got to maybe make more of a dive, a real dive, instead of kind of like letting the but, knees no, buckle wait, Pete, and go down Pete, first. Pete, Pete. Pete, you got to read the rules properly. When a runner slides feet or head first, that's not a slide. That's not a Pete Rose head first slide into third base. That's a guy falling down. So I don't care whether it says feet or head first. I get you. That's when where a they runner gotta, slides. I got to change this. When a runner slides. No, he's not. That's not a slide to me. I reject that application and interpretation. I agree. Well, that's where they got to start to use common sense with some of these. You know, again, this is where Pete, the protect- I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Pete. I have to say this. I apologize, Pete. I'm giving Pete a hard time. That's the explanation that they gave. That's not Pete's interpretation. Yes, right. If it were, it would right. be wrong. Right. right. No, it, but this is this has happened a few times during the year. We've seen this where it's kind of a like you said, 
uh, a dive, but in a position to where you're not totally exposing yourself to get crushed as you dive. You're you're diving, but trying to protect yourself at the same time. You're not giving yourself up, uh, and that's where yeah, that just comes back into the, if we had full time refs, maybe they could use a little more common sense in that type of moment there to go. That's not a he's diving for the end zone. He's not giving himself yeah. up, you know. So that 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 I do wish they could kind of fix because I think we've seen that through the year. And and one thing we know that he shouldn't do in that position is reach the ball out because if it gets knocked out at the one inch line and just so happens to bound into North Korea and end up out of bounds. Not what happens anymore? You lost your ball, your ball in North anymore. Korea. That's uh, right. <laughs> uh, a horrible rule. Um, uh, did we see, did we Love see the Matt Ryan one. taunt? He got called for taunting and he didn't even get the penalty. Matt Ryan of all people to get called for taunting. There he is. Oh, don't, don't die. Well, what was he thinking? And what's he mad at? A taunt. What's he well, mad at? So, so see, this is where, this is where we got to fix this. Is he first off? But that look, was, but look, yeah. but watch that. Now he's he's reacting like, oh, geez, I can't believe I did it. The Jimmy Stewart of the NFL actually went ahead and taunted, and then he's mad at himself because he realized, oh, I can't believe I took the cheese. Yeah, well, uh, well, it is. I mean, yeah, he's mad at himself. He knows that's a big moment. He certainly doesn't think that he's going to get called down short of the goal line and now not get a touchdown and lose the 15 yards. But it's a dead ball penalty, and man, you know better at that point. You know, I mean, you know, he knows better not to taunt. You know, he certainly wasn't thinking about, you know, I was short of the end zone because he wasn't giving himself up. But see, like, well, this is where it's a little weird, too. Where's what's he mad at here? This is the first like what's is he mad that Jordan Poyer tried to stop him? Because then if you were mad that he was trying to stop, then maybe you were giving yourself up and you don't deserve the touchdown because I don't know what yeah, he's that's mad a good at. Point. Right. Like, so yeah. so you were giving yourself up. It wasn't a touchdown because you're mad. He went to hit you. Right. I mean, what did they see? This is again. What, what are they? What's the, what's the quarterback or anybody in football want Jordan Boyer to do? Oh, just go yeah. ahead, Matt Ryan. Welcome to Buffalo. Touchdown. Touchdown. Make a snow angel, too, while you're at it. We like your snow angels. What? I mean, so that's where Matt Ryan is off base there. Uh, I don't love the rule. Well, well, There's a lot and, of things at play here. This gets back to the problem with the taunting rule, because sometimes a guy's getting in someone's face not to say, you know, whatever you would say. But because I can think of some things you would say, but but because they're mad because they took a hit that they didn't think. I remember way back in the Cowboys Chargers game, Keenan Allen got ear hold and he confronted a guy because he wasn't happy that he got ear hold. Yeah, he wasn't taunting. He was upset because of the way the guy hit him. Right. Well, how do you distinguish that if this is going to be your hair trigger? Yeah. Oh, he 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 postured. Oh, don't you posture? Oh, we don't want posture, and uh, we have to go to break. According to Pete, we've been talking a lot. We're talking today. a lot today. I, I, I said earlier, if I don't get fired after today, I'm never getting fired. We're stirring <laughs> it up with both hands and a big-ass spoon today. We'll be back oh, with more man. PFT Live right after this. Oh, what a catch. Week 17, we begin at FedEx Field before the railing collapsed. Rodney McLeod makes the diving interception to ice things. That's it. Game over. Eagles win, and Eagles end up in the playoffs thanks to the Vikings losing later that night. Cincinnati. Here we go. Chavarius Ward breaks up the deep pass. This is not here because of the catch. This is just because he does a little gritty for Jamar Chase. 
<laughs> Payback. Two plays later. <laughs> Here's Jamar Chase. Oh, he remembers. He remembers. And Jamar Chase. Single coverage. Always smart to go single coverage on Jamar Chase. Chavarius Ward. Man. Take that. There, there was no taunting. How about legal dancing? Yeah, that's right. And there's, <laughs> Don't mess with Jamar Chase is the, the lesson there. Off to Santa Clara we go. Oh, huge George play Kittle. here. Who cares about pass interference? Oh, wait. No, was, the uh, Brandon Ayuk one. one. Brandon Ayuk first. Yep. I missed it. That's on me. That's not on Pete. I'd blame Pete if I could. That's on me. First, it was Brandon Ayuk with the tiptoe catch. Now it's George Kittle fighting through the pass interference. Look at that. Great catch. The one-handed catch. Unbelievable. Look at that. And that's not gloves because it bounced off the gloves and he still secured the football. K.J. Osborne. How about this? Yeah. Down 37-10. But, hey, it's a little something. One-handed, holding the guy off. Yeah. Over the shoulder, pinned against the shoulder pads, tucks it, keeps it from touching the ground. Best catch right here. But you got to love this. (laughs) You got to love this. this Garrett Bradbury, the big man, legal play after it's touched. Off you go. Make the catch. The immaculate reception. Fitting. Fitting because John Madden was the coach of the Raiders when this happened, December 23, 1972. Frenchy Fuqua did not touch it. It would have been illegal if he did. Franco Harris catches it. The Raiders think it hit the ground even 50 years later. Hey, watch out and for how this about guy. This? Yeah. How about this? The David Tyree. No, you're off again. Oh, no, it's no, Antoine no. That's Wesley. coming. I'm off again. That was an Antoine unbelievable. Wesley, Wesley though, sorry. weapon for the Cardinals. Here's your Antoine David Tyree. Wesley yes. makes the catch. Kid can't even Anthony read Brown. today. Here's the David Tyree. <laughs> I can read. I'm just reading out of order. You're out of order. The whole place is out of order. Uh, and this goes back. Sorry, Rodney. Oh, sorry, Rodney. How does he hold on to the ball? How, of like, all of really? the defensive players in NFL history to be dragging him down. The, the one, All the right. thing that was cool about this last one is the fact that he held it on the other I think guy. We're gone. Oh, we're gone. We'll okay. be back. All right, are, we gone? are we gone? <laughs> All right, we'll be back with more right after this. All right, now we're gone. What a difference three weeks makes. We did the draft three weeks ago, the awards in which we feel the most confident, and we were very confident in most of these. And three weeks later, hey, that's why they play the games. That's why the odds change every week. Intervening circumstances cause shakeups in uh, our picks and our confidence level in what our picks would be for these awards. So let's do it again. Let's have the awards we feel most confident in as week 18 approaches. Chris, you have a trivia question for me. The people out there who love the trivia questions, here it comes. You're happy now. I'm glad I'm glad you hung with us for nearly two hours. You get a trivia question. Chris. All right, here we go. For the last five Defensive Rookie of the Year winners attended the same college. Which one is that, Michael? Oh, God. Alabama. I mean, just Alabama. Oh. I, it's oh. Alabama. You should have took a second. You would have known Alabama? this. It's Ohio State. Oh, it's Ohio State. Yeah. I just figured it's Alabama because everybody comes because from Alabama. Whole, right. So what do you got? Uh, Nick Bosa. I'm looking at the list. Um, both Bosa's. Chase Young won it last year, right? Yeah. yeah, both Bosa's won it, right? So we got Joey to get even before that. And then... Oh, Lattimore, Marshawn Lattimore. Marshawn Lattimore. All right. right. I just thought Alabama because it's just Alabama everywhere. (laughs) Just raw (laughs) tonnage of players in the NFL. The odds are it's going to go that way. All right, you get the first pick. Take someone from Ohio State, not from Penn State. Uh, No, well, I mean, the one I feel most confident in more than any, um, despite 
Hub Arkish's stupid argument is Aaron Rodgers. Again, not a fan of some of the things Aaron Rodgers did this year. Has n uh, Off the field. Has nothing to do with this award. Absolutely nothing. This is about what you do on the football field. Rodgers is more valuable to his team than any other quarterback in the league right now. I mean, to me, you know, he's in the – it's – him, Mahomes, Allen, the team is – it's all about them and what they do. And we saw – I mean, again, first off, the first game of the year, yeah, he didn't play well, they've lost, all right? they We saw how important he was without him in Kansas City, and I know that was to his own doing to a degree, but it showed how important he was to that football team, you know, and then just the absolute tear he's gone on. I mean, really, since week two – or since week two, it's what, 35 touchdowns and two interceptions? That's insane. And the best record in football, MVP. See, I, I'm not as confident yeah. because of the fact that because of that. Hub Arkish yeah. said out loud right. what plenty of the voters may be thinking. And actually, Hub Arkish may have done Aaron Rodgers a hell of a favor because there may be emails sent today by the oh, AP no doubt. reminding right. the voters. And, and any of the voters who were thinking about not voting for Rodgers because of it are now thinking, oh, you know, these votes are going to come out and I'm going to get called out. I'm going to get called Hub Arkish. 2.0 for not voting for Aaron Rodgers. So I'm more confident in it today than I was yesterday because I think there's some people out there who don't want to vote for him. You're going to give me the Michael Parsons free square as Pete called I'll it. I'll you. take it. Yeah, Michael I'll Parsons, let you have defensive it. Defensive rookie of the year. I wanted to go, go ahead, off on up. the Rodgers We don't even thing to say anything. All right. He's, it's, the odds are like minus 10,000 for Micah Parsons. Uh, it's Micah Parsons. Yeah. All right. It is. It is. All right. The, the next one I feel most confident about is – Offensive rookie of the year, because I think that officially went to Jamar Chase last week, where like, man, three, four weeks ago, I would have gone, it's, it's Mac Jones. But when you finish off the season the way Jamar Chase has, and you do that in like a national spotlight game against, you know, the team who's been the king of the AFC for the last four years, uh, that's, that's remarkable. I mean, damn these LSU receivers. Justin Jefferson breaks the rookie record last year. Jamar Chase comes in the league and goes, I'll one-up you, old teammate. Uh, phenomenal. I, I'm going to go with him there. And similar reasoning, T.J. Watt showing up with four sacks on Ben Roethlisberger night when everyone was watching, and now he's one shy of the all-time single-season record asterisk. Michael Strahan, thanks to Brett Favre. I think T.J. Watt won the Defensive Player of the Year award for himself on Monday night. Ending the debate with Micah Parsons, who will get, obviously, the Defensive Rookie of the Year, Aaron Donald, Trayvon Diggs, whoever else you want to throw in there, I think T.J. Watt won it on Monday night. We'll do round three of the awards in which we feel most confident draft when PFG Live continues right after this. All right, uh, here we go. Round three of the awards in which we feel most confident. Chris, you are up. Yeah, there's some good ones out here, but I, Coach of the Year, I think, is officially in the bag for, for at least me. And that's where, I mean, Matt LaFleur, I think I, I, I'll pick him, deserves it. I mean, come on. we got to start giving the guy a little credit here. You know, I know he's, it's the Packers and it's Aaron Rodgers, but, man, he's, he's dealt with three, three years in a row of just off-season turmoil and issues, and it has not affected their team at all. And then under his tutelage, Aaron Rodgers has, you know, two of the better years of his career. You know, so, I mean, I just look at that, the results on the field, the way he's managed things. Come on, Matt LaFleur's got to win Coach of the Year. Yeah, look, th this is one of those situations where it's supposed to be based on this year, but the fact that he was 13-3 and three each of the last two years 
while Zach Taylor, the Bengals coach, was struggling and almost potentially possibly got fired after two years. That's going to be a, a difference maker, I yeah. think, in the minds of some. What, what I don't – yeah. That, that Matt right. LaFleur deserves it. He deserves it. He got ignored the first two years of his career. He's been the one constant in a stew of dysfunction in Green Bay. Right. The go-between. The, the, the official who is trying to separate – the two boxers and move them to their neutral corners and then find a way to get everybody to work together. And uh, it's been amazing what they've done. So right now the betting odds, at least as of Monday, they may have changed, but it was plus 155 for each of the two. And that's what it is right well, now well, currently for Matt LaFleur and Zach Taylor. But I think it's, I agree with you. I think it's LaFleur. Well, this is what I don't like about this. It's just that like, well, they won the game on Sunday against the chiefs and now he's coach of the year. But if they lost the game, he was going to be nowhere near the top of the list and maybe right. not in the playoffs. That's where it's flawed. We got to stop being so like, you know, that's where I'm a little flawed even with the TJ Watt thing. I know it's an unbelievable year, but we've spent more but weeks talking about Micah Parsons. But it just shows you what the betting markets do. Yeah. The betting yeah. markets are are driven by who's betting and who they're betting on. So right. they see what happens on Sunday. It's a big win in the immediate aftermath. They have recency bias and they bet on the Bengals. Weren't even in the playoffs until the they won that game. I think it is. Uh, yes. I, I, yeah. We're on the same page. No, I we're know. I told you, last I'm, one I'm for me. That. Yeah, I just, um, yeah. I think Cooper Cup's the offensive player of the year, even though too. Jonathan Taylor continues to be the betting favorite because I think that – when the dust settles on Sunday, he's going to have one, if not both of those records, or he's going to be damn close to them. Just a normal average day for him is going to put him damn close. Uh, and if he sets either of those records, he's the guy. So Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year. And it's surprising to me that he's not the betting favorite, Chris. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, too. I would probably give him the edge over Jonathan Taylor, who I love and think is phenomenal. But Cooper Cup's been, a, been great. If we don't get fired... We'll be back tomorrow morning for another edition of PFT <laughs> Live. Enjoy your Wednesday.